There you go. Yeah. Keeping yeah. snakes. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 521 of Morality Python Radio. In this episode, we're going to be talking about this is book number three, I believe, right? Yep. Did yep. Secret Social Life of Reptiles. What other one did we do? We did the Blue Bible, two? didn't we? Oh, the Blue Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. I think. Wait. I don't remember. I don't remember. I think we're going I think we were going to do the blue bible and then we ended up just speaking to him. So Yeah. Um does that count? No, we, did, we did Stolen World. You weren't here for that. That's we did Stolen it. World That's too. It. Yeah, okay. I knew there I knew there was. Yeah, 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 so yeah, this is, yeah. This is episode 3. It's the art of Ke- What's up everybody? <clears throat> yeah, we did Alex, we did Stolen World uh a while back. Um The Art of Keeping, Keeping snakes, snakes uh by Philippe de Vaugelay. Um Man, this book is way ahead of its time, <laughs> in my opinion. It came out in 2004. I remember I bought this book at a pet shop in Philadelphia, thinking yeah. like, oh my God, this is the coolest book ever. Because, you know, at the time, we'll get into it. It was sort of like, uh, I think he refers to it as the LAM method, L-A-M mm-hmm. method in the, in the book. Um, but this is way before bioactive and natural enclosures and all that kind of stuff. But quarantine, anyway. proper quarantine <laughs> procedures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so it's a great book if you're like wanting to get into, uh, to keeping snakes. And, um, yeah. So, like I said, it came out in 2004. And I really believe that this book influenced me and I didn't know it, but, uh, mm. fast forward to today and I see, I, I see more people that embrace this style, but uh, back then in 2004, it was really not the uh, way that people kept snakes. I think yeah. the, uh, people's ideas of snakes and what they needed and all that kind of stuff. It, it, was, it goes um, against the minimalistic thing that a lot of us learned when we came in. Like it, we, we, it was always yeah. paper, water bowl, hide. That was it. And this yeah. was kind of like, well, if you want to go the other way and like build vivariums or build a really cool setup or, you know, have fun with your snakes. Because at one point it even does, it goes into like, which ones are the best for display? In my opinion, it's like, OK, yeah, all right. Yeah. So it gets what snakes in there. It, <laughs> There's weird. Two right? Morelia, two Morelia yeah. in there. And only I mean, because I, I've said. Rough scale yeah. could have been in here, you know. I don't think rough scales were a thing back then, were they? <laughs> they, I mean, I don't think they they've, were. They've been a thing for millions of years. They were they a thing no, in herpticulture? I, I know that. Yeah, I, um, yeah, but I, I, don't I mean, think I think they, they were, I think they were. They're like Owen Pelly's now. It's like they're here, but people gloss over them because, like, two dudes have them. Like, it's like all right, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I you know I don't know. Um, I always thought that uh, carpet python breeders, Morelia breeders, don't promote enough uh, that they're such amazing display animals. Yeah, um, yeah. And if there's more to them than just breeding them. Yes, that's great, and that's all good, and all that stuff. I'm not downplaying that, but I think for your average person that may just want to keep a pet, um, you know, carpet pythons can fit into there. Rhino rats were in there. What other species were in uh, there? Um, he had a thing on. There was a uh, Chinese blue beauties. King. Yeah, there was a Chinese king rat, but I think that was just showing it like on eggs in the breeding section. 
Um, yeah, so it. I don't think I don't think they make great display animals. <laughs> <laughs> you might you might argue with that. They're 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 horrible creatures. <laughs> <That's unbelievable. laughs> I, I have, have a, never a thing so or two to talk about this. When I got when I got my pair, Rob's like, why would you get a thing called like a what is it like a stinking goddess or whatever like that? Like, why would you do this? Why would you do this to yourself? And I'm like, it's not, it's fine. <laughs> and they have been. They have been fantastic. I paired them several days ago, and uh-huh. my mail was in his bin, and I'm like, oh, hey, buddy, and I pick him up, and he decides he's having none of this, and he extends himself to his full length of seven feet now that I have totally misjudged everything for, and right. I have him by one hand, and then I have to grab his vent by the other hand because now he's just spraying, and I'm like, great, great. This is what Rob was telling oh. me about. <laughs> Oh, that's and, terrible. And the problem is that the female's cage is above my head. So I'm like, oh, God. Oh, oh God. <laughs> like, it's like fighting a fire hose as you get it up. And then he goes in. Oh, wow. They were locked up within five minutes, and they've been locked up several times over the past two days. But it's like, okay. New cages for the, for the Chinese kids. New right. cages, lower cages. Like it's it's hack bingo, but you know it's. Um, I would say that they're probably not on the list. If they are, I disagree highly. But um, blue beauties, I think would be great on the list. Uh, Mandarin rat snakes, I think should be on here. So. Yeah, Richard was saying about uh, this was around the time the saltwater aquariums were moving full speed into live rock and uh, mm-hmm. so-called aquascape tanks. Um, so this book uh, may have been influenced by that. It's you know? not that much um, of a it's not that much of a difference doing a vivarium and like you know setting it up, getting it planted, and um, having a cool display thing. And I think if you don't have some kind of display cage mm-hmm. tank whatever in your room and you're into reptiles you are kind of like doing yourself a little bit of a disservice because it is so much fun <laughs> it is a, yeah missing just, part of it so yeah. it is so much fun just watching like yeah like I, you, yeah, i'll come down in the morning i'll be sitting there with my morning coffee on a saturday and the light will turn on and the rhinos start coming out and i'm like yeah they are it's like yeah that would just it's it's awesome there are no lights on when i wake up man <laughs> oh, well that's because you're like 4 a.m Time to make the donuts. It's like I mean, yes. Yeah. yeah, we were supposed to do the show last night, but I had an issue supposed at to do the, the job, show so I had ago. to move it to tonight. <laughs> oh yeah, two nights ago. I forget so, what well, happened. Melissa kept kept going like show been pushed back. She's like, "When do you two do the show?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> Typically, we record on Mondays, but yeah, I don't, that hasn't I don't been working know out anymore. So I come when Eric calls. <laughs> like it is. Well, no, I I did get uh, I did do a thing, and I got a um uh, a wild caught male IJ. Oh um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, we so were talking about that. It came on Monday, and they do um, here into the section of, and it says right here, do, right? It's the stinking goddess rat snake. Why? That's not a good display animal. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty. Yeah. No, <laughs> just I mean, maybe it's a good display animal because then you don't have to touch it. <laughs> like it's kind of like that's where he's going with it. Yeah. How, how is it? How is the IJ? Good. Yeah. Great. Beautiful. I settled in. Um, Add to the pile. Got him the in quarantine. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited about wild so caught what, ones. What, what plans do we have with this wild caught male? Like, what females do we have potentially lined up? Um, you know, to be honest, I'd like to get uh, I'd like to get a female um, and sort of, you know, breed a wild caught pair of carpets. I think would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Do it. I, I had. I had two females um, the last time Dan had them come in, but I lost them because mm. they, I couldn't get them to eat, man. Yeah. And they didn't like lose weight, but um, yeah, I don't know. They just, you know, you know, you know, with imports, you know, that's just how it goes. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, I am aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes, yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> uh, to breed it and then burk it. Yes. It. Yes. Yep. yep. Um, I actually, things. um, so I busted out the ultrasound this weekend, or actually it was uh, two days ago when we, we canceled the first time. I busted out the <laughs> oh, ultrasound okay. with Melissa because I'm like, uh-huh. well, we're going to figure out if we have uh, some gravid, if we're expecting from some gravid females. And I was able to confirm four carpets are gravid. Mm. And okay. then what do we got? What are we looking at? Uh, looking at the caramel jag head exanic is gravid okay. to a caramel head exanic. Um, my. <laughs> Posh head exanic tiger is gravid okay. to my posh head exanic tiger. Um, nice. The caramel head albino is gravid. Nice. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> um, and then uh, my um, jungle carpet to uh, the zebra uh, okay. the zebra jack that you produced. So that's oh. the four, and then oh, my. Red- the red yep, one? The red one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then my Kribo is also gravid, my unicolor. Um, and then the uh I I I sounded the Xanic, my 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 head Xanic female. And we kind it looked like there were some egg-shaped things in there, but they weren't as large and they weren't as like bright as the ones we had before. So I'm like, clearly, this is an ovulation. So right. I pulled the tiger poshead exanic and chucked it in with her, and they were locked up this morning. So it's like this animal that I've been trying to breed for the past like couple of years. Apparently now it's just a late, a later animal. So yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I haven't next uh... next next time we're doing the the ruffy. She looks huge. If uh, if I oh Richard got wild caught female chondro eggs wow that's pretty nice. cool um, nice yeah season's just pushing along you know no major the stuff I I've been sort of like uh, doing it but not doing it you know I I <laughs> it's like one of those things I think I may have waited too long I I don't know man I'm uh, you've rubbed off on me you're what you're thinking too late. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just. I'm just uh, You're you know. overthinking it. You're overthinking, overthinking it. Just, it. just keep. Yeah. Just do what you would normally do. I don't remember what that was. Yeah, all right. So, um, but Ooh, that did, is Robert. <laughs> I'm like, I, wait a minute. Oh, I got it. I did sit down and write out um, all the pairs for the season because I'm like, I like, I know I was doing a lighter season, and I wrote it all out, and I'm like, hmm. Okay, 33 pairings. Yes, you're definitely doing lighter this year. You have one more pairing than you did last year, you moron. So, yeah. 
Whew. Do you still have babies left over? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. of course. Right, fan I don't sell out. I mean, what a silly question. I mean, I also haven't like I haven't been taking pictures and posting them, which I'm gonna have to yeah. do uh, soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got to do that and and put them all in morph market them. Uh, the carpets, the mad hogs, the olives, the white lips, they all have to go up. But I, uh, yeah, the olive I got from you is doing great. Good. So, yeah. Eating, biting. Good. Good. Little son of a Good. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, before yeah, they we came get out mean this year. Like, yeah, I know. Holy shit. I'm like, wow, is this what Owen's always talking about when I'm sending a mean snake? Man, <laughs> this, this is what yeah. it's like. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we get into the book and and dive into it, I mm. wanted to, uh, yeah, I did, yeah, but I did see that uh, Roberts. I saw that in person. Holy shit, that IJ is nice. <clears throat> anyway, um, I uh, I saw an article on a paper. Mm. They were talking about the spider ball python. Did you see this? I didn't get to like read it in depth. Was it the development um, of the inner ear? Might have yeah fucked with them for a little bit. Yeah. I didn't read the so whole thing. Think- I just read that part and I'm like, well, that's odd. Like, yeah. and that probably makes some sense. And I bet you, if you'd look close at a Jag, you'd see the same thing. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. have to. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we'll maybe talk about that on carpets and coffee. When yeah. we have the, uh, the science guy with us. <laughs> <laughs> where's that where's that science child like you know yeah, <laughs> yeah where's he at yeah the woma master yeah Holy oh shit, dear man. god dude beautiful woma drowning in freaking woma eggs like every other week he's like oh no more woma so i'm like what i'm not i'm not gonna spill the beans on him but he had a specific person that kind of like asked him oh my god get- dude <laughs> you know it's like holy shit I don't, like do weight, I don't do weightlifts for me. But, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't do weightlifts, but if that person were to like email me, he could he jump. There's a list now. So, yeah. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to pair the one you gave me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Robert threw me off. He's CK's. Uh, Kaz Reptile Lab, and that's Robert. I was like, "Who's this guy that wants to do a breeding lab?" Asshole! <laughs> I never. I, I don't even know who the hell you are, sir. Yeah, so, get ready that for might, some it. Might be now. Robert, or that might be somebody trying to pose as Robert. We'll have to ask him questions that only Robert would know. So, yeah, we'll think of those later. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so what did you, what did you think of this book as reading? I mean, did you, you didn't remember this book from back in the day, right? I do not remember this book from back in the day. This is one of the ones that like, I was over at your house and you're like, there's this book and then there's this book and then there's this book. And I'm like, (laughs) and it was one of the ones that I got in the car and I'm like, and there's that, oh, there is that book order. Like, it was one of those, like it popped up on one of the, because uh, if you follow, there's a bunch of of Facebook groups and and people you yeah. can follow. You can follow the local reptile show book guy, like right on his Facebook page. Um, and then you can like when they have books, they put them up, and all you have to do is send him like a picture of the book that he posted and be like, "I want this one." And is that he, Mike Kirk? 
Yep. Books. Yep. yep. Yeah. And he's I like, like that I, guy. I send him a message. I'm like, hey, man, I want this one. And he goes, cool. Um, this still a good address. I'm like, it is. And then I just PayPal him and it's done. Yep. And then it's great. He, he actually does. He calls them library building collections where he's like, okay. these all <laughs> books pertain to Australian animals. Like these 12 books, you can have them all for $25. And it's like, well, shit. Like, and that's what you do. So nice. this was on his page under like Australia stuff like that after I was over there with you. And I'm like, art of snake keeping bye. <laughs> like, and it was one of those. So, right. uh, I had it and I did kind of go through it when I bought it or when it arrived. And then I think I got distracted because I never actually finished it. And then you were like, let's do this one. I'm like, yes, yes, let's. And then I'm like rereading and then continued reading. So yeah. Yeah. But- I mean, you know, so I, I, well, I mean, when I got that book back in 2004, mm-hmm. um, I was, you know, kind of feeling my way of back at back, getting back into reptiles. You right. Know, at that point, I guess I had reptiles back in reptiles for about four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, you know, people sort of, that's sort of when you saw a lot of the rack stuff and, you know, it was just different from when I was a kid and you mm-hmm. kept things in those big aquariums with the slate bottom. And it well, was and yeah, like that weighed 250 pounds up, you know? and you had to build everything yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So. You had to build like the screen top and then put like books mm-hmm. on it or bricks on it. Or, like, yep. Your weights that, you know, you know yep. Yep. 25 dumb- pound. It's uh, the reason you go to the garage sale that somebody's having down the streets and get 25 pound dumbbells. Yeah. But, yeah. but this is like so. There's that. And then also um, I'm there's a website called thriftbooks.com mm-hmm. where you can go on and you can select books that you're interested in or that you're looking for. And then when they get them for you, they'll they'll have them on sale. And then also when you purchase books from them, you get a certain kind of like a credit back. So then all of a sudden they're like, hey, you've earned like a free book. Oh, and okay. uh, I think I bought a couple books over there and then. I want to say, yeah, uh, Living in Cold-Blooded, I got for free from Thrift Books because I had bought a couple books. And they're like, hey, do you want these? I'm like, I do. Yeah. So a lot of times you can get, like, I think some of the ones back there that I have are, um, I think Mark O'Shea's book back there is a former library book that. Um, I see that a lot. I do yeah, get that, that somebody lot. bought or some of that. So there's a lot of places you can get kind of like some really cool reptile related books and things like that. And yeah, you can go nuts with them. Like they're they're just building. uh, We don't all have a giant library, like some where you just leave stacks of books all over the place. Like the stack right down there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, you know, if you're just getting into snakes, it does have some information that's like, yeah. you know, as far as quarantine introductions, um, it, it, it talks a, about like what the idea of the whole th- book is, you know, that kind of thing. This should be the thing that they sell you when you're going to get a new snake. Like if you go to like, yes. a pet store and you yes. buy a king snake, they should sell you this, yes. not like the thin four pieces of paper that says how to take care of your king snake. This like right. it 100%. goes into things like stuff that we never really kind of took into account, like hygiene like it's like hey um don't let your snakes run around your fucking room because if you do that they can pick up on bacteria and parasites and stuff like that like don't do that and i'm like that's a that's an obvious question but then uh, like like that's obvious but then you watch various youtube channels and the snakes all over the place right it's like you have to watch for that kind of stuff also 
uh, disinfect your tools. You know, your probing kits, your hooks, your clamps, everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, I think, I think I read, I think it said that the purpose of the book was introduce the reader to the cutting edge of naturalistic vivarium methods. Right. So this yeah. was like before <sighs> bioactivity, I think. I, I, I'm assuming that it was a thing before this, right? Well, course, because I would assume that dart frogs people at that point had had that. Well, um, it, it started with stuff. It started in other things. I mean, obviously, it started here, or it started with plants, or it started. It was always started somewhere, and then someone thought about using it in this setting, and then mm-hmm. it worked. So, yeah, you're right. Dart frog vivarium, gecko vivarium, zoological facility vivariums and things like that, setting up enclosures and that kind of stuff. So it's just that people need to be told that it's not as hard as they think it is. Yeah, I think I think, again, never being exposed to anything like that in yeah. the uh, in those days, um, I uh, I sort of. I don't know. I sort of was intimidated by it a little bit. The whole mm-hmm. bioactive layering of substrates to get into. Um, I think like his idea though, is like he said something like uh, snakes are also like the, he, he referred to them as mobile art. They display yeah. grace, economy of movement, precise muscular coordination. They don't run, mm-hmm. run, walk, hop. Instead, they're like moving lines that S and zigzags through the, glides through the landscape or something like that is what he said and and it's also he kind of just like i mean obviously so my thing is always like well if you're not going to do paper you're going to do mulch right but he mixes for his soil thing it's like peat moss potting soil sand and bark like he mixes all that together um yeah, orchard bark and fired clay. So it all mixes together to make a really good substrate. It's like, so it's one of those things where it's, it's not, people are expecting an easy fix when it comes to a lot of things where sometimes you may have to, I need to do what all day today, mix dirt so that I can have the proper <laughs> dirt for all the snakes to shit on. Like, and that's what you got to do sometimes. And, right. you know, it is, the next step it's beyond that you know we've talked about it where i used to just do straight up newspaper and you're like listen get the paper on the roll that you tear and i'm like this is fucking genius so the next step above that is mulch and then the step above that is mixing your own dirt like yes there are phases you go through i think that's what sort of getting into monitors a little bit has taught me is like it's really mixing that dirt is kind of like important, right. For overall, for them, you know, for, um, I think this was the first time I've ever saw the word enriched environments. Right. So I think that he talks about it as zoos were like kind of work. I I, I don't know the history, but I'm assuming that they were working on this back then. But I think even back then it was sort of like thought and still proceeds to today for someone is that, snakes are not really they're they're getting better because like yeah. I, I will say that it was originally like snakes are snakes they're not very intelligent yeah. they're getting better they and also <laughs> yeah don't, zoological yeah. stuff is getting better and also a, a, enrichment for the reptiles is definitely getting better like you know we went from you got the only way you can deal with the crocodiles if we you know strap it to a thing and haul it to us out and beat on it. And then we'll eventually give it its food. Now it's like, we have to, we click 
the clicker or we blow the whistle and the alligator comes to its station and then we tell it to present its tail and we stick it in the back and it doesn't do anything. We draw up the blood and we're out of here. The alligator isn't restrained. It's not all that. It's all that kind of stuff. So um, with reptiles, especially snakes, it was one of those we added a fun plant that this snake seems right. to like, or we added yeah. a tree branch and it's moving more towards that. It started with, we gave it a stick. Now it's right. that we get a tree like, right. and it will keep moving. I mean, obviously lizards, crocodilians, turtles, stuff like that. They got more quicker, but snakes, it, it is coming um, to where they'll have the enrichment of, you know, we gave it this kind of a rock or this kind of a thing, or we, we designed the enclosure so that these Small pancake tortoises have a series of ramps that they can climb all the way up to the top here. Like it's right. that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think um, the, you know, in the beginning uh, he was sort of talking about um, the challenge that he was trying to meet um, uh, or the challenge he was trying to, uh, to fix was meeting the needs of the species mm-hmm. and at the same time creating a functional habitat. Right, and then making it aesthetically appealing to people, um, you know, and and that's where the that's sort of the would you say like a bonsai plant? You know, it's sort of like that kind of mind. It, it's thinking, like it's, it's exactly of. it's exactly saltwater tank thing. Yeah, you you need right. to make it. You need to make sure that all your little fishies are going to live. That's right. one. Two, you have to make sure that they all have their own little things because these fish over here might want to hide in a cave and these ones might want to constantly swim around or, um, you know, these ones like this. So you have to change that. And then you have to make sure it looks all nice. Otherwise, you just have a tank filled with a bunch of PVC tubes. Like if you go to any kind of store that deals in exotic fish, like saltwater store, they have the eels and the mores and they have all that stuff, but then they have them with a bunch of PVC tubes because they like to hide in caves. So you've checked the box. It has the correct salt water. It has the correct temperature. It has food and it has a place to hide, but is it aesthetically pleasing? No. So it's when I take it home and put it in my giant lavish saltwater tank that has its own makeshift eel cave and stuff in there. That's what makes it aesthetically pleasing. So we, as reptile keepers and snake keepers get to the point of functionality, but very few do we take the next step, which is making it pretty. So, so yeah, I guess like functionality would be like using paper towel holders yeah. for hides. Or even the, <laughs> you even know? the functionalities, paper, tube, paper. Pa- paper, cardboard tube, water bowl. Functionality. I think- the snake will live, breed, do everything in that kind of a setup. But is it aesthetically pleasing? I think the other thing that um, was interesting, I think Lisa Lisa was in the chat. And that was awesome. But she uh, she was saying something about learning the natural history. What did she say? Um, teaches you to learn about the animal's natural history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then encourages experimentation. Um, it teaches you to be open-minded. Um, but uh, I think, um, you know, like if you had, I'm trying to think of a species that would, Barrow into the into the substrate, right? Something that would be waiting, like an ambush type of thing. I, mean, I think it would a, be more towards like a colubrid, right? Maybe like I a mean, hognose would do that. Do that, do that? Or, or you could even go if you have vipers or well, vipers, know, yeah, yeah, venomous or um, 
<laughs> I mean, a little bit too much burrowing is if you had a sand boa. I mean that they don't come out. Yeah. <laughs> like it's. Right. I guess. I guess the point of it, what I was trying. Yeah, a sand boa would kind of be it, right? You, yeah. You're going to have it. Well, even. Well, I don't think Borneos would be the same way, but like you think about, like I think about Matt's setups, right? Mm. He's using paper. Mm. But he's also got those big, huge tubs yeah. inside of the cage so that they can get inside that to sort of give them the feel of burrowing into something, right? I mean, so he's, he's he's using the paper as a way it's of makeshift. For him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. To, to, to maintain the collection that he has. But at the same time, he's somehow. I mean, it's not going to be aesthetically pleasing per se, right? It's not going to be as nice if you had like a big trunk and like, you know, if you had like, yeah, yeah, a makeshift hollow trunk that you could see inside, like, yeah, no no shit. But, um, but could you imagine, like, I I was thinking about it reading this because they had a little section about hognose and then they're also talking about certain plants. And he's like, when getting cactus, make sure to not get the ones with the pricks. And I'm like, no shit, like get a needleless (laughs) cactus. Duh, but it's you may have like to put that in there just I, in case because you never know. You, 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 I see the point, but all I kept thinking about is man, if I could recreate a tank that kind of had the same kind of like feel that Arizona had, like the sandy substrate, the little patch of grass here, the cactus over here, you know, and some rocks, and then get some Mexican hognose in there. I mean, like they would have a ball, like that would be great. So I think that's why I've said in the past, you would hear me say things like, I think that like a lot of like enclosures that we were using where you're, you're, you know, these elaborate setups and all like Mm. part of that is for the keeper. Of course, you know, I still believe the snake didn't give a shit. (laughs) Like it is uh, because they could be just as happy in a paper towel hole roll as opposed. And like I, I think about all the times that we find snakes on garbage piles. I mean, yes, the the rattlesnakes we found in that um, in Arizona that were in those piles of garbage. You know, like they're like it's like carbon pythons in like it was the diamond pythons in Walmart. Like they, it can be happy. In the yeah. minimalistic setup, but it kind of adds to it because, like, if you're really interested in this species, this animal, and maybe you go out and try to find it in the wild, then now you kind of want to recreate that at home, right? And then right. maybe you start getting really interested in the plant life that are in that area, so that you I've, can kind of plug that stuff in too. I've gone down that road, <laughs> and then you're like, oh my god. I could plant this and I could have this. Like, I know you're trying to plant a eucalyptus forest in your backyard. I mean, it's not going to work, but PA might frown upon it. I mean, maybe (laughs) it just might be difficult is what I'm saying. It's like, you know, (laughs) Uh, well, with the new puppies, I don't think, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Horrible little ankle biters. Uh, yeah, it's like having kids again, man. Again, you, it's yeah. like having kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is a past yeah, life. Yeah, this is. Um, yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I was just sort of like, like I said, when I read this book, I was sort of uh, really I- intrigued by the the idea and um, the. I, I found it interesting of his like ability to see that so far back then, um, to today where we see like I, I think herpetoculture in general for snakes is, has like made a push forward. I see it going in a positive direction. Mm -hmm. Um, Sense textures. 
Yeah, I suppose it, it does. Um, I, I, mean, I guess what I'm saying that they don't care. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. Are they going to care that they're they're still going to eat a rock hide as opposed to a plastic rock? Hide? I mean, yeah, or a well, or, yeah, cool. or you know, like one of those little black hides or a paper towel holder or yeah. an elaborate rock setup that you you made. I don't. I think, and also, you're I think, not going to sit there and say that, well, this snake is clearly depressed just because it's living on paper and has a cardboard tube. It's still going to act like a snake. So my thinking is, my thinking has always been that snakes seem to want to cram into the tightest spots, right? Oh, yeah. And like, That's where they feel secure. I used to, in the early days of having hides and stuff, you would have these big hides to where the snake's body was never coming in contact with that hide when they're on the inside. Mm. So I heard a couple of people, I guess from talking to people on NPR for years, it's sort of like that came up a lot to where they would say, you know, they like to be crammed in. They want to feel they're like they're squished in there. Right. And mm-hmm. I think if you start to think about that as a, we would find that absolutely well, especially me, because I have like, claustrophobia it would be terrible that's hell all but, right yeah you know I, I just think that you know they want to feel and they use it all the time whether or not they care on whether what it is is kind of like what i'm getting at right if a snake is is in the wild at least my experience has been when they're in the wild, they they're not like, oh, that's the trash pile, I'm not going there. They're mm-hmm. looking for temperature, they're looking for security, they're looking for certain things, right? And yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that if it's a trash pile or a rock pile, I mean, kind of getting the same thing. But I I do I do understand uh what you're getting at, but you know, um I don't know. I think I think part of that though is for I mean, co- come on, man, let's face it. Mm. Like all of us would love to have these zoo exhibits when you walk into your reptile room. Oh yeah. I don't think that, I don't even think like if it was possible, the people that like keep in like rack systems or stuff like that, I, I can't really say for the ball Python world. Cause I don't know whether that's accurate or not, but let's just say for like the carpet Python people that keep in like, you know, say like a cage like this behind mm-hmm. there, like we do mm-hmm. where it's sort of like, sort of like a hybrid of both you can't tell me that we if we had the resources the space and whatever that we wouldn't have like carpet python cages with trees and, and yeah. all kinds of oh shit, yeah right? oh yeah <laughs> yeah oh, oh yeah you know 100 percent. you know yeah. it would be definitely like that so yeah um yeah <clears throat> there you go i didn't know that okay i'll put that up there how do you yeah. say that not even gonna try but um you're gonna leave it up to me yeah i am that's on you buddy figmo tactic figmo tactic is a name for creatures that want to be able to feel the sides of their hides that's my experience with carpets well i would say any, probably any with pythons in general right yeah any snake yeah. um i have that even one, like your colubrids and stuff yeah You've, i have the one bairds that um she she doesn't like I have they have a bridge in there because their cages are one by ones and I think it's a little bit too small for them. So I have these bridges so that they can go and now they actually have like almost like a two to three foot cage um, and she stays in the, the bridge. So she's got to hide, but it's a little bit too big for her. So what she likes to do is cram herself into the bridge. So you'll see coils 
sticking out of both ends of the bridge because she's mm-hmm. crammed herself into that tube. So that's where she likes to go. Gotcha. If she gets a little bit bigger, she'll probably start using the hide box a little bit more. So, yeah. Um, I've I've even had it to where they split the paper towel. <laughs> yeah, it, of, it bursts yeah. in half. Yep. They um, I will use. Uh, Was it? I have a. I put a hanging plant in with mm-hmm. my rhino this past year, and the female would not leave the hanging plant. Like she loved this hanging plant to the point where the hanging okay. plant died. Like because I couldn't like properly water it and stuff, but. I'm like, that's where she's going to put her eggs. I know that's where she's going to put her eggs. And sure enough, she put them right in there. She spun around, <laughs> dug out a hole in the dirt, and put them right in that plant. So, really, yeah, I'm waiting for this year because there's always going to be that like springtime, and here's hanging ferns and shit like that you can hang on your porch till it's dead. I'm waiting for those to drop like in spring. I'm going to get a really nice size, big hanging plant for her this year. Cause I want her to be able to put them in and be comfortable in there. So, um, but I have like a fake thing in there right now, but she's just crammed up in the high hide with the male all winter. That's usually what they do. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> You've made me laugh because my neighbor, right. She has these <clears throat> beautiful ferns that she always has out back. And I'm like, yep. how do you take care of them over the winter? You know? And she's like, I just buy them new every year. Here, yeah, I, goddamn thought right, like yeah. this, I thought she was this plant genius. And she's like, that's my hopes about it. Um, you know, Robert was talking about, he puts fake plants with his pop ones and they immediately went and hid in them. You know, I wonder if that is like, you know, Robert, do you notice that you're, Poplins are in their water bowls all the time because that was a problem that I've seen with that. Well, not a problem. It doesn't really matter to me, but mm. like I noticed that they'd like to do that more often than any other carpets that I would see. So the thinking is like, are they trying to hide? Um, you know, I don't know. What's really um, cool is um, with my colubrids, I prefer flat pieces of cork bark because they're on mulch. And what they'll do is they'll actually kind of make a divot underneath the cork bark and that's uh-huh. where they're hot, where they will hide like my false water cobra do that even though they have big bins to hide in and stuff like that too they almost prefer to be down underneath the ground underneath something flat pressing down on them so right yeah gotcha lisa says uh those little nuggets uh of get to see our animal displays their natural behaviors the cream on top i think that's why we enjoy breeding so much we get to see behaviors that we can only witness in nature yeah i agree yeah yeah and you get to have the bloodthirsty mother try to make it so that you don't take the eggs so yeah right mm-hmm. um yeah well robert said that only the one from dan does that so hmm. i don't know yeah. I will say that uh, what Lisa said about the uh, hunting in the water bowls, that is the most fun enrichment you could ever give to your snake is giving them fish. Um, the rhino? The rhinos, the false water cobra, the Chinese king rat, just they this. just go in I remember that from garden snakes. Oh, they yeah, go nuts. I, it's great. Like, I would go, back when the falsies were tiny, I would go and get um, minnows for the rhinos, and I'm like, and what's your largest feeder fish that you guys got and they're like we have these goldfish they're about that big i'm like sweet they would hit the water and this false water cobra because they would have they had a planted tank 
they would just emerge from the plant like the grass, like up into the water, and they would just be swirling around with their mouth open. And it was just <laughs> yeah, like, I well, love how they just I'm like, open just, <laughs> it's like a sock puppet, you right, know, like water ah. everywhere. He eventually got <laughs> yeah. the fish, but like, yeah, I'm like, there you go. You were entertained for like five seconds, like right. And I've thought about putting like uh, some kind of bubbler or some sort of like water fixture in my rhino tank upstairs and putting like larger fish in for the, for the uh, adults to hunt. But I don't know. I haven't got there yet. I should, I should have told you to take a picture of your rhino tank so we could share it Man. while we're talking about it. I'm pretty it. sure I got one or two uh, or I'll just text the wife and be like, take a picture of the tank in front of yeah, you. Yeah. Tell her to send yeah. it. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's really sweet. It's right. Um, here's another one uh, highlighted and we're on this discussion, um, but I'll read it out. That stood out to me. The best evidence, in, the, ugh, the best evidence of a well-designed setup is the readiness with which a snake settles in and establishes behavior patterns. Mm-hmm. The clue clues to adaption are in fact the formation of daily patterns of activity. For example, a snake basks on a section of log in the morning and then retires at midday to spend time in its preferred shelter, then emerging for a basking in the late afternoon. Broader patterns may also be formed, particularly around the shedding cycle when snakes may soak in water dishes or remain concealed in a shelter or buried in a substrate. A badly designed setup will cause a snake to display signs of stress, such as hyperactivity. I would immediately, when you, I think of that, I think of like the retics pushing the, the, the nose. Pu- pushing push, is one thing. Some, like, I think just also like up against the glass, like trying to get out, trying to escape something, something's upsetting it. Yeah. And that could be confusing when you have carpets in the wintertime when it's breeding time because your males will be doing that because they're just trying to get to the girls. He, my, my male Ruffy like has not really like, you remember last year, he was like all over the front of his cage as we were doing right. shows. It's like, now I just put him in with the female right when the season started. I haven't seen him. <laughs> like he's not I, right. He's, he's pleased. So, yep. Um, and then he says a badly designed setup will cause a snake to display signs of stress, such as hyperactivity, long-term inactivity, poor feeding, weight loss, and disease. The conditions within a vivarium from landscaping to light and heat levels make be care- must be carefully examined and revised when the snake shows obvious signs of stress or maladaptation. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't know that, that, that was something that stood out to me that, uh, I thought was, uh, was interesting. Um, I think the other thing that I liked about the book a lot was the section on the plants. Yes. Yes. Um, The the picking the proper plants for your animal. Yeah. Cause that's, that's part of it. Like if, if your animal is from this type of climate, it would be very stupid to fill it with a bunch of arid climate plants. Like it's right. Uh, let's see if I can move. Yeah, here we go. I'm going to see if I can share this just so people can see. This is just a section from the book. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, talked about cork uh, display. That's the substrate. But you see, even he has this natural He's a set. plastic container. Like for the, sometimes the plastic water sometimes a plastic cup <laughs> works yeah. best for water. Like it's, you know. Yeah. You can't um, always have like a one that looks like a rock. I, I like really like the way. So in the book, the carpet python that he keeps is um, the IJs. Yep. Um, 
So they talk about basking sites. They talk about actually setting it up, you know, what to think about depending on what species you, you have mm-hmm. as far as like, um, you know, w- where you would have it. And the thing of it is, is like where this, this book may be a little bit dated um, would be that the technology back then uh, really wasn't what it is today. Right. Right. And when we were talking to Scott on carpets and coffee last week, and he was talking about having lights come on at specific times of the day and, and this light changes to that light. Oh man, did that get I, my brain I going? I told Melissa, like, I'm, yes. like, uh, I'm like, Scott's room simulates thunderstorms and lightning storms when it hits a certain thing. She goes, that is amazing. I'm like, I know. So it's, um, what I liked within the book, he's just like changed the plants as they grow. And he's got the picture of a hog nose in a, yes, um, that was the other yeah. thing. Thing barely, thing almost disappears, but he's right. Like, you know, this plant works great for smaller animals and it gives them crown cover and places to hide. And obviously you step it up a little bit when, as they grow. And yeah, you might have to have, you might have to get the plants, set them up, wait for them to grow to a certain size and then introduce them to the vivarium. Yeah, plastic water bowls were cutting edge in 2004. Of course they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, the big thing oh is God. you took the PVC. You had the plastic little, like, the plastic deli cup almost. And then you had the PVC pipe that you put it in, right? Yeah, so, yeah, what I used to do is there, I think it's some kind of cap that um It's a PVC cap, use. yeah, with, like, rolled yeah. or it's, yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 like... It's probably like that big, but it's mm. the size of a 16 ounce deli cup. So what would happen is, so I've tried many tricks when it came to that in the early days. Like what I used to do is I would take a deli cup and I would cut holes in the bottom of the, the tub mm-hmm. and I would zip tie the, uh, the deli cup to the bottom of the cage because they, they kept knocking the water bowls over. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, especially if you had like a 15 quart tub where there's a little bit of height, if you have yeah. like a six quart tub, like a shoe box for like, you know, when you're raising them up, if you use a 16 ounce deli cup, you have just in the, there's enough space for the, the snake to get up, perch on the side of the deli cup and get in and out of the, um, <clears throat> out of the water bowl. And it won't spill because it won't tilt enough to where it will spill out. But the, the, issue came when I moved up to 15 quarts as I was growing up my clot. Now this is back in God, maybe 2006. Right. So I would use those PVC things. Now I've changed to ceramic bowls and now, even now I'm moving away from that and moving into uh, um, a bigger, like almost like a six quart tub right now. Um, and I've seen, I think animals at home did it to where, I think that one is frozen. I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> he, I see. Uh, I see animals at home. He did some kind of thing for his rainbow bow. Where I did, I lost that one. He'll have to come back. He did something for his rainbow bow where he took one of those tubs and then he sort of like made it look like a rock uh, thing around it. Um, what's it say? Carpets need brushes and trees, not plants. They smashed the shit out. Of <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think this is a little, little carpets. Um, yeah. I, I, as far as carpets go, like what plants you would use, I think pothos is obviously, uh, is a good one to, uh, to go at. I think, um, you probably want some, if you can get some type of tree type of, of plant, 
that would probably uh, suit them well. But yeah, it's definitely something. And they talk about that in the book to where, um, you know, you're going to have, uh, you're going to have to adapt as you, uh, as you progress, because what works for, for a small snake as it ages and grows might not uh, work for a, a larger one. So, um, but yeah. Uh, oh, you left me. <laughs> I was, All of a sudden, uh, everything just goes black and I'm like, well, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're just frozen like this. Cause I'm looking at it. I'm like, don't, don't, don't you do that. So, um, um I just sent you the pictures of the rhino cage in the chat. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, I know you're talking about your water bowl um, issues and you and I always differed because I just went straight for the heavy ceramic bowls, which have their own side yes. adventure of, I have to scrub them and clean them at least once a week where you're yes. like plastic bowl. <laughs> so yeah, it's the rhino cage. That's, the lights Minus are off in big, it right now, which is unfortunate. The big Subaru. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I know what's going on there. <laughs> That's your TV, right? Probably. I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, but you can't really tell. But you got the the corner water bowl right there. You got a bunch of sticks, and you can kind of see the tree up in the that kind of extends right up there. And then you got their heat panel up top, and they're actually probably crammed in the corner in the hide. Uh, on the ceiling, so you have the ceiling yep. hides up there too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. Uh, the ones they use them get. a lot. And, oh, they the rhinos they absolutely love those freaking things. I have to when I feed them, I have to open it. Like I have to pull it out, like into the tracks and pull it out and set it down on the ground so that the two of them will vacate it. Because if you try feeding them through that, like they're both going to stick their heads out at the same time and go for the mouse. So. You kind of got to remove the ceiling hide, let them do what they're going to do, and then you can uh, feed them. Once she's gravid, she like moves over to this the hanging plant. So like okay. right now they're in the ceiling hide. Once she's gravid, she kind of goes over there, and it's much easier to feed them. But I have never seen the two of them come down to the ground. They are always kind of... Um, up in the trees like even when they're drinking they just come down the branch stick their head in the water bowl and okay. that's it so i'm trying to add more stuff for them to do to use the vertical space like more trees more branches more trees more stuff like that okay yep yeah that uh so you just keep the keep it keeps evolving. Yeah, I, I was I was impressed with that enclosure. It's we well, I think I, I think I definitely want to add the larger hanging plant, and I think I want to try to add another one, maybe like at a different level, like maybe add like a chain to it, so it goes down a little bit lower. Um, just because I have a bunch of hides and stuff for them on the floor, thinking like, all right, she'll lay her eggs on the floor, and she did the one year, but every time I've given her an option to put them up high, uh-huh. like two years ago, she laid them in the ceiling hide last year she laid them in the plant like all right so clearly she wants up so i'm trying to figure out new ways to give them more stuff like i think i'm thinking about trying to find a way to add stuff to the backdrop where i can put a plant like in like a cup or something there so there's a lot of stuff i want to do with there right yeah Yeah, you'll see today where a lot of people will you know Again, just how it's evolved, but you'll see a lot of people will take those um, 
I guess they use what, like that foam stuff and they sort of put the whole plant, yeah. uh, the whole pot and everything in there. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I, there was a, it was interesting because he talks about um, design uh, with the plants, right? So mm-hmm. things you might not have naturally thought of, um, I thought was good that he included it to get you thinking. Like, I think he talks about tall plants are usually planted toward the back of the tank, so not to block from the front view. You would think that's mm-hmm. common sense, but like, but here we know, are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you may also want to plant one or two tall plants in the middle um, to increase the three dimensional dimensionality of your design. That's um, what I did with the, um, so that tree in the middle of the rhino tank is really just a cork bark tube. Okay. That I put a potted plant in the top and then filled the entire thing with um, the spray foam insulation stuff. And then when it hardened, it was just basically a tree trunk. And if I need to, I could swap out the plant at the top, but I actually got a fake plant to kind of go in there. So it's just now a fake plant with all these leaves sticking out of it at the top. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So um, I think I might have to add a couple branches to that tree, I think is the next step or um, other stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it, it, but that in the middle gives them some place to kind of go into so they can go from the ceiling high to the tree, right. all that fun stuff. So it does definitely help that way. Um, I think, too, uh, one of the things he talked about was with arboreal and semi-arboreal snakes, there are two alternative uh, alternatives to plant placement. Most common is place vertically growing plants towards the back of the enclosure mm-hmm. and in the front um, or in between in front of or growing plants towards the no 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 in, in front of or between the plants at level halfway to two thirds the height of the tank uh, anchor perching branches securely mm-hmm. by stacking them and gluing them or you can use the hook type of thing where you're eye hooking them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, make sure that the the they're the appropriate diameter for whatever the species is. You know, uh, Alex, I think brought it up in the chat. Those uh, shells for um, animal plastics that they would yeah. use for the carpet python cage, and I think that's where my idea of carpets not being as arboreal as I once thought back in the early days came from, because they never used them. You know, yeah. Um, and I, I I've just come to think that like the reason that I didn't see carpets perching as much is because I wasn't offering them the correct type of perch, you know, in my, yeah, opinion, I, at least for my snakes. So I have a bunch of leftover scraps of PVC and I actually made shelves of PVC um, uh-huh. in my cages and I tried it for my false water cobra. So uh-huh. in the one cage, they had the whole ground, they had their hide box, they had their fake plant they had their shelf and then I put cork bark on top of the shelf to kind of do that. And they never went up there. They didn't like it. They didn't want to do it. Never went up there. Right. So I kind of moved the cork bark down on the ground and they went in it all the time. I never found the false water cobras up there, but I would put a juvenile carpet in there or I would put, um, I think I'm trying to think what other pythons I had in there when they were growing up, I think it was, I had like a, uh, I think I had a, a jungle in there for a little bit. Okay. They would never leave the damn shelf. They're on it the entire time. Really? So sometimes it just depends on the species, but I'd given those PVC like um, sheets they use as shelves. 
And I also do that for some of my larger animals, like the six foot mm-hmm. cages, I'll have PVC shelves that are up higher than those bins. And then they have tree branches and stuff coming off of those. Gotcha. And some animals use them. Some animals don't. Yeah. I think, I think that's part of it too, right? You're going to have some, you know, some individual snakes that prefer one thing or the other, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, it talks about, um, you know, one of the things it walks through, like uh, getting them established, getting mm-hmm. them to root, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, do you have to have live plants in your enclosure? Hell no. I, no, you don't have to. Fake plants work just as good. <laughs> and you can, you can, you know, I'm assuming that it's going to affect, um, especially if you're using pothos and stuff, it's going to affect the air quality in mm-hmm. there. It's going to affect... Um, the humidity and stuff like that. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's one of those things like it's not a necessity, but I think that if you can provide it, it's probably, it's going to be cool to look at. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's not bad. And I mean, like I, I had a bunch of tree limbs and stuff like that. And then I added a bunch of bamboo that I got. Right. So, you know, you don't have to necessarily keep with one thing, but you, you, what you do is you try, you add something, and if the snake really likes it, you keep it. If they don't use it or they hate it, you ditch it. Like, yeah, I'm probably going to take a lot of those hides that are on the ground in the rhino's cage out because okay. that'll give me more floor space to add stuff that will go vertical. Right. Like I could probably add another kind of tree thing or something like that for them. So, you know, I'll maybe leave one or two, but I have like three caves and a, a tree stump down in there that they could all hide in that they, they're never in. <laughs> they're never in those things. When you see some of the enclosures that people are doing today, mm. um, I, I can't help but be super impressed with how far this has come. I think, you know, I don't know. I think the the book itself, like I said, you know, you could probably get the information on YouTube at this point, but back then it, it wasn't around. I, I kind I tend to think that um, it's worth a read. Yeah. Um, just because uh, it, it sort of gives you um, the whole thing, right. It tells you about like, you know, if you've never had a snake, it approaches it from that way. It sort of uh, establishes why he's thinking the way he is thinking and why mm-hmm. he changed the way he's keeping um, it walks you through just the different life stages of a snake and how you can change from one to the other. I think that's something that we talk about a lot, like, you know, for especially if you're breeding and you have babies and, you know, it's a lot easier to establish those parameters in um, in a like a like a, a shoebox tub, mm-hmm. you know, with perching and a hide and, and all the water bowl and the temperature gradient and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it would be interesting. What I don't understand is like with the technology with, with lighting and stuff, why they haven't applied that in racks yet. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Cause I, I, I thought about this a couple times of how I can run. My first thing is um, I've been slowly adding, putting my cages up onto casters. Okay. So 
Right now I have two stacks on casters and I have to go and add like another two. Mainly it's because every once in a while a dumbass that looks like me leaves a cage unlocked and it's really hard to find the animal when you can't move the goddamn cages. So um, (laughs) there's that. But then also it it does allow me to kind of move them around a little bit more and it gets them up off the ground, which means I can clean the room a little bit easier and better. Um, so that's my mission is to get everything up onto casters. So, okay. uh, and then after that, I wanted to get, cause none of my cages have LEDs or lights in them. Yeah. So I wanted to try to get it and I'm not going like I went and I bought a bunch of like bar lights that you could plug in and chain to each other. And yeah, the problem is, is that I did that and they gave off so much fucking heat that the cages were hitting nineties like easy when the light really? was only on for a little bit. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I, I can't do it. I don't like it. So I've been using those jungle dawn yeah. led lights that Arcadia yeah. has. Yeah. They've been working pretty good. I use them in all those. Yeah. This there. was more of like an under the, um, it was like an under the, uh, uh, cabinet light kind of thing. So, it was it was weird. I I didn't like it. I'm um, I'm selling them all on freaking Amazon to get rid of them. But I was looking at just doing LED like a str- like an LED strip, like one of those ones that you peel and stick kind of deal. And oh, like, I got you. Like I mean, how many LEDs do you really need to get the thing to go? Like one or two to light up the middle of a cage. Yeah, probably. I'm like, yeah, like I wouldn't even yeah. be. I, I, you don't need an entire strip going down like the entire thing. You can do just a little bit. So I was going to try to get into that, but I didn't want to do that until after I got um, everything onto casters. And then the next problem with that is I have to double check to see what the electrical yield of the snake room is. If I'm going to add lights to every single cage. And in the racks, I wanted to try to do something where I would run a strip of LEDs down the back. What would that like? Would I have to bump up that? I don't know. So Richard was saying about how keeping the snake in the tub is the problem because the light must shine through the top. I guess what I'm thinking is, is like how you have it. And maybe I'm wrong in thinking this way, but how you have it routed to have the heat cable or the heat Mm. tape in the bottom why can't you do the same for the strip in the top? You don't have a lid on a tub that you're putting in a rack. Yeah, true. Maybe yeah. I'm missing something. Maybe, all the way through. Maybe, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. It just it just had me thinking, like, why that hasn't been done. You would think that. And if all you're doing is just trying to that, supply light, couldn't you shine it through the back? I suppose you could if you want to give it a light cycle. You know, yeah. is that? I mean, yeah, we're not talking like UV. I'm not talking like that. But you know, um. I think what I'm going to try to do in here when I when I do and hopefully if I breed diamonds is I have those little I guess they're called nano exoterras they're like yeah. they're about like that big right I was just going to get one of those uh, baker's racks mm-hmm. and put a you know a UV across the top of it and you know a heat across the so you're doing multiple little cages with uh, with one one light um led lights use much less electric yeah uh, yep um mm-hmm. steel usually oh 
Yeah, not mine. My racks are stainless mine, mine steel. Are plastic. My racks are PVC. Mine are plastic. <laughs> yeah. Mine will be here before, long after I'm dead. We ain't those high-end ball yeah, what, people. Yeah, what? Steel, metal, metal racks? <laughs> yeah. My got, God. Uh, Good um, day, sir. Um, um, but I... I that's one thing I would want to do, and that's something I definitely want to kind of work in there. Um, and you know, yes, furniture dollies are something I've looked into. Um, and it's definitely like the racks I'm getting dollies to put them on and stuff like that, right? But everything else is, uh, I'm just building stuff for the casters, it's not that expensive, right? Um, so yeah, I don't know, I it just again. This is one of those things like, you know, as we learn more and more or as, you know, ideas come up or new advancements or whatever, like, mm. you, you, especially if you have a larger collection, you just, you slowly over time, just try to improve it in any way you can and yeah. improve keeping in any way you can. That doesn't mean like, I don't know. I think this idea that you just have to like, just change everything, right? Because it's the new trend of what people think it should be. Um I don't know. I, I think a little more nuance, right? Because how it applies in your room and your setup, your temperatures and all that. And with your animals mm-hmm. kind of makes a difference. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, you would think at this point, I just would think that they would have that, you know, I guess what's the kind of the point because you're not really seeing the animal in the tub. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, well, also, would it be one of those things of like, would would it be worth us attempting to mangle our racks to get a bunch of lights in them? Or do we just wait until somebody's like, I have LEDs in racks. There it is. We just well, buy those and swap out our old ones. Right. Like, <laughs> Here's the thing, dude. I have one, two, three, four, five, six racks that are eight. No, seven racks that are not in use. I have the V18 rack that's um give any give any 41s that go this way. <laughs> I don't. Damn it. I don't. I have it's uh 28 quart that goes this way. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I need yeah, I need a 41 quart rack that that doesn't go short like isn't a normal drawer like short ways. I need it that it comes out long ways because it's the only way I can fit anything in my room. And I tried to mangle an old 41 quart rack I had to make it go that way. And I thought I did a pretty good job until the Madagascar hognose female met me at the door. And that's not where I left her. So, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just going to make it out of one. I do have one that I built. 41? It's in my garage. It's 41 court. Yeah. Let's, we'll talk. Yeah. We'll talk. Yeah. I mean, it's in my garage. The, I mean, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, I'm going to have to just build this fucking it's thing. It's the first rack I ever built. Dude, literally, it's <laughs> the only reason I use this rack is so that I can separate the Mad Hogs and the Blue Beauties when it's feeding time because trying to feed them all together is suicide. Yeah, so I, I that's all I need the rack for is just something to put stuff in. So, Timothy, that is a good question. Has anybody tried to put native plants um, where their snakes come from in cages? Well, this is what sort of got me into plants, um, to be honest with you. It was like most of the plants that I work with are are Australian. Like, um, I think think I'm saying this right. Seabill Blue is is an Australian pothos. Um, The light in the rack might stress the snake. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Who knows? I don't know. 
Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I try to work with, uh, I have like uh, Australian uh, variegated, um, oh, I forget the name of it. I'm so bad with uh, plant, names. plant names. I thought snake names were, were tough, man. Woo! Um, and then I have some Australian um, uh, umbrella plants. Um, I have some Australian um, ferns and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think it talks about it in a book, right? And as far as um, it sort of give you, it gives you like the environment type, mm-hmm. and then it'll talk about. Um, you know, what plants come from what area. Like, so they'll right. tell you, it's like, I think they, they're talking about, you know, obviously uh, South America, Africa, Australia, stuff like that. Um, but they do go through that in the, in the, in the book. So, yeah. I mean, I've, I used pine bark in my pine snake cage. Does that count? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I need, yeah. Grow up rack. Everybody oh, needs to grow up rack. Yeah. Everyone. If your grow up rack ain't full, you ain't. <laughs> I have to. Um, so I guess when my old my snake room when I bought the house had a um a cab like a cabinet built into the wall and the floor that they used as like a pantry. So there's wood that has been nailed into the concrete that I never thought about pulling up. Right. Now, because I want to put everything on goddamn wheels, I'm like, that shit has to get ripped up. I have to make sure that I can move everything because I have the big freezer in there. So um, that's on my list of things to be destroyed soon. See, I, I'm with you. I'm with Sean there where they, mm. when it comes to short tails and bloods and stuff. They don't I move. think that they kind of like, I know that people swear that they will be better in a cage and all that kind of stuff. But I just, I don't know. I, I, I just kind of have a feeling from the natural history and the shape and the, the mm-hmm. you know, that they do much better in that type of environment. Like if you wanted to make it naturalistic for them, you cover them with a bunch of dead wood and mulch and you close the drawer. Yeah. Like that's, that's where they'll be. So I guess yeah. it would be, uh, <clears throat> yeah. What? Type, yeah. Oh, and I don't know. It depends on what type of pine species the bark is from, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's whatever Lowe's sold me. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can get the pine. You get the mini pine bark nugs, and it's like that repta bark, but in a much larger bag and cheaper. Wow. So yeah, I, <clears throat> I think you know. I don't know what else. What did, did you take anything else from it? I, my favorite I mean, part was kind of the plants and the the you know. I, I mean, I, we, we, the 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 talk of quarantine and um hygiene was huge because that's something that I don't think a lot of people necessarily or when I was starting necessarily that that drum was not beat hard enough when it was something when you began because there's always the people who would try to do some kind of um, breed loan and they take the animals from somebody's collection (laughs) and chuck it directly downstairs with their animals because they wanted them to breed. So quarantine was nothing that anybody even talked about until after we started making more and more mistakes, right. you know, Nido stuff like that. He talks about IBD and other things like that. It's, it's not something that I think, cause we've talked about how this is a great book for somebody who's just getting into it. It just wants to be a novice. Yeah. Um, that's not something that they think 
I think a lot of people try to make it as part of your first couple lessons, which it definitely should. Right. And with hygiene, I mean, how many people would necessarily say that they sanitize all their equipment? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I don't even know. I mean, I, I guess I said, I mean, I clean this stuff when I'm done, but yeah. Right. But like, you know, bleaching all your equipment and doing all that stuff. I mean, technically, if you want to think about it, it should be done after you're done working with all the animals every day. That's the reason I have things metal. You can spray it down. It's sanitized. Move on. Yeah. Cause you don't know that. And that's the big thing is that we're the biggest vectors for spreading of disease and things like that in our snake collection, because we're not cleaning something. You don't clean the bin that you put everybody in when you go to clean each cage in between animals. That's a, that's a good point, right? We think about as far as, uh, you know, when it comes to that, you sometimes people don't think about that, right? They're, yeah. they're like trying to be super like, oh, we don't want these snakes to touch each other, but then they're not cleaning out that. They're cleaning the bins. They're cleaning the hook. They're not cleaning this. Like, right. you're not wearing yeah. gloves. Like, you, you are the biggest vector. Well, so, uh, you know, Rob had talked to me about the glove thing, and um, I'm sort of anti-glove, and I'll tell you why. Mm. Um, if a snake bites you, that glove is going into your body no like how what large like what do you have tiger sharks like what are you talking about <laughs> come on man <laughs> like oh you're right the tiny little pin prick it, like, I, know, I don't if you're allergic to have you been shot uh, like through the club who you're talking, talking to man remember uh, who you're talking to are you allergic to latex uh yeah i think so yeah then don't get latex gloves you can get other <laughs> cups of gloves I don't know. This Rob. seems like a personal problem. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> what what we used to do at the lab is you had um you had the gloves on and you would do one whole shelf of animals. So right. one whole side of a shelf would have had a bunch of mice and stuff like that. Then you would turn the rack around and then you'd have to totally deglove, put new ones on. And then you do this whole side. Because the idea is that if they're on that side, they're kind of really close to each other. You know, it's one of those things where uh, they're kind of too close to each other already. Like if, if, if something's going on on that side, damage done. And um, then on this side, it's, it's supposed to treat it like a completely different thing. So it's almost like if you do like you have stacks of cages, this whole stack and then deglove this whole stack. Um, if you want to try to say like, but they're really close to each other this way, maybe you do one side of the room, but like I do all my babies and then I take my gloves off and to put on new gloves. Cause then I do all my adults. I guess and I, I don't do like, if I'm cleaning adults, I can't go back to the babies. I could have this in my brain too. Right. Cause mm. I'd see. So like with working in, uh, in the food industry for as long as I have, you'll see people a lot of times that they wear gloves mm. <clears throat> and they think because they're wearing gloves that somehow like they can sweep the floor and then go to like make food because they have gloves on. And it's like, well, you got to change them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know you're, I mean? you're 100% correct. correct. Like, you yeah, you just keep wearing the same just, gloves. Just, you're just, just take this perfect. thinking and plug it into snakes. Like that's all you have to do. So, so this is what I do. I have right. a cart. Right. So do I. I have the and same I have you do. sanitizer on the mm -hmm. cart, 
And in between each one, I give a squirt of sanitizer, wipe my hands, move on to the next one. See, but there's some things that, and and I will blame the, the woman I married for ruining me on okay. many things. There are certain things that might affect the snake that the only thing that can kill it is bleach. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, you're right. So well, I mean, started learning about the seedy underground. Of like, she's like, she's like, she's like, Pseudomonas is not killed by heat, cold, or anything. The only thing can kill it is right. bleach. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, and it was just, oh god, no! Like, and it's what have I done? What have I done? And then she's like, why does the entire downstairs uh, smell like bleach? I'm like, you know, goddamn well why. So it's. It, it, there's that kind of stuff. Um, I used to use, um, they used, uh, I actually got this tip from, from uh, Phil at Star mm. Pythons, but um, he used this, um, these wipes. Yeah. But they were like what you would use in a vet office that yeah. were made to kill yeah. those type of things. They're not yeah. like, you know, they're not you the... Get, uh, just get goddamn bleach wipes. You know, it's... it's well, it's just, not those that you buy at the store. It's you, specifically made yeah. for animals. Right. It comes in a big tub like this. I got them on Amazon that yeah. were purple. So, like, I would wipe down the hook in yeah. between, um, you know. And then, obviously, it's just the, like, you work the six snake last. It's like this one. It's like, if, like, it says it in the book. It's like, listen, if you have a sick animal or you have a quarantine animal... That's yeah. the last one you touch. You know that, right? It's like, oh, right. shit, yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I would say um, I do have naturalistic setups in my rack. I have two animals that are on naturalistic setups. And realistically, the naturalistic setup is they're on mulch, they have cork bark, and they have um, a hide in there. Like a, a bin hide that's filled with some moss. And that's just for my Baron's Racers. Um, okay. Yeah. So naturalistic, if you want to get into it, but, um, yeah, they're not on paper and that's just because they're colubrids and they shit a lot and it's easier to clean it if they're not on paper. So that was going to be my next question for you. Right. So I think, um, what gets me thinking is because you're so, um, multifaceted everywhere. Yeah, to, uh, yeah. Keeping snakes. Yeah. Scatterbrained. Yeah. Is it realistic to think that you could keep a colubrid like that that's constantly shitting and like a bioactive or naturalistic or I think bioactive is the only way to go, man. Is it because, okay? Uh, oh yeah, for, for for a large colubrid, like I have bioactive substrate in the Kribo. I have bioactive substrate in the King Rat, in the Blue Beauties, in the Mad Hogs. Just the only way. The so only what's your way? What's your like what do you Okay, uh, so you have um, back the bioactive. What do you do? What do you do to maintain that? Springtails, domestic beetles, and it's dirt. It's a lot of dirt, and then mulch and stuff all mixed on top. Where a lot of the other things, um, like a lot of the uh, pythons, the the olives, the white lips, they're just on straight mulch with a little bit of dirt. Uh-huh. Um, they're not necessarily. I wasn't trying to see springtails in there or um, what are the little fuckers isopods yeah there we go um those things like i wasn't putting those in those cages just because holy bugs <laughs> yeah the roly poly bugs just because it didn't really matter it's a python it shits in one place i scoop it all up i throw more mulch and we go um with the colubrid stuff it's just so constant that it really helps with that kind of stuff but okay you know that's another thing you have to try to maintain and you have to keep clean um so how often do you have to maintain that I, I have to get new shit this year because I've been like, I I've been, was it 
two years ago, three years ago, as I set everything up and everything was going well. And you kind of notice that you're kind of dipping down too low because um, when they shed and it's not like immediately shredded and like eaten and like scales everywhere. Right. It means that you're out <laughs> like the, the, the crew's gone. Like there's nobody cleaning. So um, I put the in the was the one Kribo shed and it was intact completely. And I left it in there because I was trying to get scent and breeding stuff going. And it was still in there a week later. And I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, mm. that would be gone. Yeah, we might need some more roly poly bugs. Like, it's like, okay, so okay. I'll buy a bunch this year. I'll redo the mulch. I'll, I mean, so I'll throw in some more dirt in the cages, seed everything, and then that'll be, that'll be good. Do you have the snake in the enclosure when you're doing that? It's dirt and bugs. It's not going to hurt them. No, I know it's not going to hurt them. I'm yeah. just saying, like, I didn't I, know I, if they I, took it out to... Ideally, what I would love to do is pull the snake out, set up, like, say it was like the, the snake wasn't in that cage yet. Uh-huh. I would establish everything and make sure it's rolling and really going well and then introduce the snake. But that's the problem is I can't, like, pull the king rat out of the cage and be like, do you just go over here in the other six foot cage that I have open waiting for you? Like, right. and that, so yeah, it's going to have to just, they're going to okay. have to figure it out. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I've never done the bioactive thing. I've never done to where I'm doing. My sister does it. My dad mm. does it. They do it quite well. Um, they sort of have it dialed in. seems like it's no big deal to them. Like, what's the problem? I don't understand, I, you know? I suck at springtails. Like, I tried establishing a springtail colony um, so I could just, like, seed the substrate when I needed to add more springtails, and I murdered them all very quickly. So not good at springtails. Um, I should probably try to set up roly-poly bugs, like, in their own maybe – Maybe I'll get another. God damn it! Maybe I'll get another tank. Maybe I'll get a ten, another ten gallon tank that'll be next to my fish tank. That'll right. be next to my two mouse boxes, and right. I'll establish little roly poly bugs in there. Yeah. Okay. Fucking hell. <laughs> Never ends, right? They, they, no, because it's like I'm sitting there. I'm like, you know, Mort does not like. He does have vegetable leavings every once in a while. I could probably take a couple leaves and chuck them in there, and yeah. No. Yeah, I don't I, I don't think I'll ever get in. I mean, I'm not I'm not against bioactive, but I don't know. I think sometimes um at least to me, at least my perception was when I first heard about it was similar mm. to the to the the uh ambient temperature of heating. Like, oh man, this is gonna make this so easy. But it <laughs> it's it's really not the case, you know? So yeah, I, that that was going to be my other question that um, mm-hmm. Padraig brought off. Is um, it takes a bit of time to get the rhythm of the uh, bioactive uh, and keeping it running smoothly. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember when we were at Scott and Ty's uh, place, he had a tank that had nothing in it, I don't think. And he was sort of doing that same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where I saw where he had the lightning storms and shit. I'm like, oh. Right. And then <laughs> he was talking about it with the aquarium stuff. And that might be something like, you know, it, later on in life when I have time, a farm, farm, <laughs> yeah, all that stuff, like, yeah, maybe it wouldn't be that hard to set up a tank somewhere that you could just have a bunch of roly poly bugs in. And then every once in a while, you scoop some out and chuck them in a cage. But that's not conducive right now. Like it ain't going to happen. So, yeah. Well, especially with you. I mean, you're like a right. big scale breeder, man. I, uh, <laughs> 
I almost said it today where I'm like, like I was talking about how many pairs I'm going to have. And I almost said the words are, they're not all going to hit. Like I almost <laughs> said it. I almost said so, it. So yeah. I, I'm like, no, no, don't say that. Cause Christ. Yeah. And the worst part is, is that um, only more animals are going to get able, like old enough to breed in the next like, two years. Like the, the number is only going to go, well, I got to start cutting some things, you know? You know, and I want a really nice caramel. <laughs> I have several. <laughs> like I, I have several. I haven't shown you this year's holdbacks. Oh, 2022s. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. They're all really nice caramels that kind of have stripes. I have too many striped coastals. Oh. That I think I could, uh, <laughs> we could do a swap. <laughs> Repatriation. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Listen, you. You said striped and coastal. Well, my guess, go on. Yes. <laughs> like it was just, yes. uh, <laughs> or should I say northern coastals? I have some northern. That, I, I have the. I have a striped southern coastal. I don't know what the hell to do with it. Um, yeah, I. Um, you need to continuously refresh bioactive setups, not just they, the bugs, but also the dirt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the. You know, I think it works well with some species and then other species. I. I guess my question was, do you find it? Uh, with pythons is it is it different or is it i think it would be i think it'd be harder right or no, i mean the same depending on think, the species right i mean yeah like you know if you if you have I mean, bioactive substrate if, say, if you have bioactive substrate and your retake takes a massive shit you're gonna sit there and be like don't worry the bugs will get it like i mean that's gonna take a couple days Couple i mean days. I like, like do you have a, like do you have an elephant dung beetle <laughs> you know? yes actually i spoke to i spoke to a guy um i i sell them all the time he's got a he's got a pet store in new jersey right and he's like he's a cute he's like somebody offered me dung beetles as like something to sell in the pet store i'm like what do you do with it he goes you have to keep getting it fresh poop to roll <laughs> so you've now purchased an animal that you must now go and get like cow shit for it to roll up like, man why do you, you must, have this animal? you must be really passionate about dung beetles <laughs> like, if you're doing all that i mean yeah i think the aesthetic of watching it roll up the thing into a ball would be done after the first day because your entire house smells like cow shit yeah like yeah no i think the uh i would be uh quite content with uh planet earth showing me yeah i'm good with it i'm good with watching <laughs> pictures like no um uh, but yeah i mean like exactly you can't you can't expect the, the the little bugs to clean up python shit, but maybe if you had like we were talking about like the little exos with your like baby diamonds, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be an experiment for sure to see what happens and see how it goes. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. Who knows? Tor- yeah. Tortoise shit is nothing like python shit. It's more of like just compressed. Depending on if you ate a lot of grass, it looks like elephant shit. It's just compressed grass with mm. shit um so it's really easy just to rake up and hook ph level changes over time and needs a refresh okay yeah that's mm. the dirt yeah i yeah. I, I think that a lot uh, well I, just, I shouldn't say these people that i knew i think we we looked at it that as a way that like oh i don't have to clean my snakes every week man snake people are lazy aren't they Holy oh shit. yeah <laughs> We're oh yeah for a way out <clears throat> one less thing we have to do um, but I don't know. That was the gist of the book. I think it's worth the read. Um, I, 
you know, it was interesting in the, in the, in the end, he talks about the future. Um, he talks about, um, having enclosures where you have multiple species in one mm-hmm. enclosure, you know, he sees that as like the future of the way forward. Um, I don't know. I don't know where I find that there's a lot of debate on whether or not you should keep two snakes together. I don't know. If we're going to put a whole bunch of different animals together, but I have been to some zoos, zoos where they have like animals just sort of out on their own. I think the Philly zoo has it with the bird thing, right? I think the Bronx zoo has it with the, what do they have? Do they have the, do they have the Congo maybe? where things are kind of loose and like, they're just kind of like, you know, the birds are flying around wherever. Oh, you know you, you, yeah. About? They, they have those things where you can walk in and they're like, it's Oh, there's there are no, Oh yeah. yeah Philly, Zoo, no cages. Philly Zoo has the, the birdhouse where it's like, there are no cages. Please don't touch the toucan. Like it's that kind of stuff. Right. Like, right. you know, there's obviously that, but then, um, you know, I, I, I've, I keep animals cohab year round. And I have no problems. It's just I separate them when I'm going to feed them because yeah. I'm not stupid. So, um, like, my rhinos are cohab year-round. My two blue beauty girls are cohab year-round. My mad hogs are in their trios year-round. Um, I'm going to get real fun because I have a six-foot cage and I got a couple pythons. I'm thinking about cohabbing in that six-foot cage. So, Oh, dear. Okay. Yeah. You know, the liasis species. Okay. Ah. The one you haven't. I mean, yet? the one, that, yeah, the one we can't talk about. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're mm. gonna keep that secret. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I do. You do know. Yeah. 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 It's quite impressive. Well, yeah. And also, zoological facilities have. Like, there's always the one where it's like, here's a rattlesnake and a copperhead. Like, it's like, okay. Right. It's yeah. always the timber and the copperhead. Right. Any zoo in any zoo in Pennsylvania or any or the zoo on the east the coast. Rhino. Exactly. It's the gaboon <laughs> and the rhino. Right. It's the copperhead and the timber. Like, it's every every single zoo. The water moccasin and the cool uh-huh, corn snake. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. What is it? Um, they got the gray band and some other shit. Is it the Hilo monster? Whatever. So, yeah, or it's the Hilo monster and some tortoises. Yeah. It's, it's been, been a while, while since, since I've been to Philly. To the Philly Zoo. The last time was Carpet Fest. Uh, it was, they, they, I, went, I went last year with my nephew, but the reptile house was closed. And um, apparently when I went up to the door and yelled, I'm from NPR, it wasn't good enough to let them in. Like <laughs> That they, only they, worked when we were it going didn't, Yeah. The, to the crock of death, or the, I know. Uh, I said, "Listen, I'm from Morelia Python Radio. Open the door." And they said, "Who?" And then I'm like, "How dare you, sir?" Yeah. And I think they, you know, something about throwing me out of the zoo, and then I ran. So we did. So a guy, I think the the one carpet fest, the guy that's local, lives around here somewhere. I don't know if he still does, mm-hmm. but he was one of the reptile people down there at um, uh, <laughs> Go Have the Retic and the Squirrel. <laughs> You have no idea how much I'd love to do that, (laughs) but that would be an instantaneous divorce and I would lose half my shit. So don't do that. Yeah. Cannot (laughs) do do that. that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is the, does the squirrel get replaced once the squirrel, how do squirrels live? No, the squirrel uh, can live up to be 15 to 20 years in captivity. Jesus. 
goodness. Yeah, I know. I was upset about that too. Kind of hoping. I'm thinking like maybe they live five years. I'm kind of hoping. No, but uh, one can only hope. Yeah. Um, that was the on the on the high end of that. So we'll hope it's that way. So I think uh, a lot of people have guessed your secret snake. <laughs> I didn't see Savu written down at all. No. Okay. Oh. Mm. Savu. Savu Python. <laughs> there, there, it is. there it is. Good job, everybody. <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> I've sworn off of Savu Pythons. They're a horrible creature. So Yeah, what is it with them, man? I, they just yeah. die. I don't know what's wrong with them. Must be keeper error. Mike, uh, 100% it's me. 100% yeah. it's me. Yeah. I'm just a failure when it comes to... Like, I am. I am a horrible... Fa- like, Mike Curtin has Savu pythons. I'm I'm a horrible failure. Yeah. he's Has he bred them yet? No, right? Not yet. I'm waiting. Yeah. So I can horribly fail again. Right. Because apparently yeah. I one never One of these learned. days you'll get it. One of these, <laughs> one of these it's going to work. Well, you want to have them all at one point, right? The whole group? Is that uh, the thing? Eric Kohler and I were talking about this the last time he and I were talking. Because... Next year, he has an actual chance at getting eggs from every single Lyasa species. That's pretty cool. I'm like, dude, he's like, I don't, he goes, no one would care. I'm like, I would care. Yeah, <laughs> like, we care. <laughs> like, I want to Python nerds care. I'm like, yeah, I would sure. care because he's like, he's like, I was this close um, this year, but he said that his um, Dunai weren't big enough and he didn't think he was going to get anything from his Savu, but I'm like, just, just, just feed him up, man. Next year, just do it. So... It's kind of like the feeling we got when we're trying to find all the pythons in the northern yes. territory. <laughs> it's like, man, we only need one more. <laughs> Fucking olive pythons. You don't think about you, you. Every once in a while, I think about that as I'm looking at mine. I'm like, you bastards. Yes, <laughs> like, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> we drove up and down Dorat Road. Dorat Road. Wow. We find all, all, we found all, mammals. all we found was a pissed off echidna. Yeah. <laughs> we found the echidnas. I think we saw, didn't we see kangaroos? Um, kangaroos and we saw. Uh, that's I think that's where we saw the uh, Strafurus. Um and I think that's where we saw um, Dorat because it was light. Yeah. What? Uh, what the, the Dorat Road? We went at night. Yeah, yeah but I don't think it's when we saw, saw the uh, Strafurus because I thought that was during the daytime because you thought it was no. the no? no, it was at night. Yeah. All right. We were road cruising. Listen, you, you mistook a stick for a blackhead, okay? You can try oh, to make it at night. Old, Your man. eyes were wrong. They're like, you keep, you keep trying. Keep First trying to make all, it. Years from now, blind. you're going to be like, and that's when the blackhead <laughs> got away from us. And I was like, oh, wait, and this stick kind of looked like it. Like, yeah, it's. In yeah. my defense, that mm. stick did look like that, a blackhead. Listen, I understand. <laughs> it did look like a blackhead. I understand. But the gecko saved you from hours of ridicule. Like yeah. it was going to be hours. I was like, "Thank God, thank God, God that, that gecko was, was there. there, you little gecko." <laughs> thank you, um, <laughs> thank you, small gecko. I think like, I, I, I'm pretty. Sh- I don't know. I could be wrong. It just mm-hmm. it, 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 it kind of reminds. I, I kind of remember driving down the road, and there was open like, you know. I, I thought it was during daylight, but it, I found the wrong. gecko. Yeah. No, that no. was at night. All right. 100% was at night. All right. Then, yeah, maybe it was on Durrett. Rob's right now. He's like, what the you hell? You fucking morons. <laughs> How can you not remember? Why you that? never remember anything? <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> the hell is wrong with the two of you? 
<laughs> I, I'm old. I don't know what your excuse is. You know, you're you much the head. Head. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was that the book. Um, I think the next book we're gonna do, which by the way, did you get that yet? Too many snakes, too, not enough no. time. Was it on was, was it supposed to be shipped here or do you have it behind you in the stack? No, 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 no. I shipped it to you. I no. have to check. Yeah, no. okay. All right, I'll have to check. I, mean, I don't think I got it. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's, it's, it's still in transit. <laughs> <laughs> Ordered it directly from Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, the book by Richard Shine. And uh, that's yeah, what I we're doing next. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think uh, that's the one. Um, the other day, the Big Olive, he was doing a series. Um, Pythons relocates are pretty cool. Yeah. I, I would have loved to have seen a Big Olive Python. That would have been, that would have been fabulous. I I I would have loved it, but I'll take the OP um, over the olive. Oh hell yeah! Any day of the week and four times on Sunday. Yeah. I'll so. take the that OP over the other OP. Uh huh. Um, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I guess I guess we can. Uh, I guess. Well, I mean, we should also do that other thing. We should probably officially announce Carpet Fest at this point because. Oh yeah. yeah. I that guess was leaked. Should. That was leaked out to the masses by somebody. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Hey, like, oh, if only we had known, we wouldn't have seen each other. Laura, you know what? Fuck. <laughs> August twelfth, you bastards. Yeah. Like so. Um, yes, August twelfth. Officially, Northeast Carpet Fest is August twelfth at Eric's house. It's in Warminster, Pennsylvania. For anybody who needs to look for hotel rooms, uh, we will get back to you guys because there will be a set. Set rules. Obviously, if you're coming, we want you to come, but you need to also bring a dish fully prepared, ready to eat for the people to um, eat. If it needs to be cooked, you are responsible for cooking it. We'll have a grill, which I hear Eric now has that wonderful flat top kind of. Yes. Yes. So there's that. You may use that. Um, He and Dory. Matching burgers and cheese steaks. He he and Dory also have a functional kitchen um, that, you know, you can use for cooking for that. Um, Once your thing, once your food item is on the table or out for the masses, you don't have to do anything else. Secondly, there will be no animals. No animals. You cannot bring any animals to Carpet Fest. You cannot discuss with a friend who's going to be there that you're going to have a trade or you're going to bring an animal. Do that at the hotel and leave the thing there. No outside animals are welcome at Eric's house. No. Secondly, the snake room is will be closed. It will be shut. It will be off limits. We will have no tours of the snake room. That's because Eric never tends to leave the tours of the snake room. So sorry, everybody. If you're coming to check out Eric's collection, you'll have to try to make friends with him at Carpet Fest so you'll be invited back on your own. Um, Lastly, there will be a set end time. So Carpet Fest will be from this time to end time. At end time, everybody get out. Yeah. So that's the way it's going to go. Yeah. Kids do not count as animals. Unfortunately, under the Geneva Convention, <laughs> they must be allowed. So yeah, um, filthy animals. Filthy animals. <laughs> Children will be allowed. Uh, there will be Eric's pool. Yes. Will be there and available. 
Um, you are responsible for making sure all your children can swim before you let them go into the pool. Um, unfortunately, be- the only guard lifeguard we have on duty would be Jim, and he is worthless. Yes, so, especially after a couple of rolling rides. I said worthless. <laughs> so there we go. Carpet Fest is no now jumping a- off of roofs. <laughs> no jumping off of roofs. All clothing must remain on. Yes. Yes, honey. Jim is just a flotation device. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, Uh, Yeah, all clothing must remain on. Alex, we don't talk about pre. We don't know. No, no. no. (laughs) Listen, the the list of rules has grown, and every year we somehow seem to add more. So. Owen is the keeper of the I am. Yes. Um I will be making a full official announcement on all the uh uh you know various social media that we have for the podcast uh probably by the end of this week once Eric and I find hammer out those final details. Um but that's it. So it's back on. Obviously we're going to be excited to have everybody. We do have to fight whether or not we're going to have an auction or not. I don't think we are cuz I don't care. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't care. No, it's we, I am removing I'm removing all obligation other than Eric's backyard for us. Like that's all we're doing. That's it. Yeah. So So yeah, the whole idea so just so everybody knows and yeah, Timothy, I I'm going to work on a YouTube video that does that um to to take me uh show my snakes off in my snake room and all that kind of stuff. We'll have a QR code on the door that if you need to you can scan that and it'll take you to that YouTube <laughs> then you can just ooh and wander around <laughs> like yeah. And- I think and so. Just so everybody understands, part of the reason why I am not I, I am not having people come in my snake room is because every year at Carpet Fest, somehow I get mites, and I'm not going through that again. I'm just right. Not. And also, so, it's not. We 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 also the whole point of Carpet Fest as much as people is like for this, the people. And right. I will be as in much, my snake room all right. day. It's like a hundred degrees in the snake room. You're I'm constantly like, showing the same snake. I'm having like yeah. Deep stroke. My wife's yelling at me. Owen's yelling at me. Rob's yelling at me. Everybody's yelling at me of why it is. But the whole point of Carpet Fest is to hang out and, and you know right. and get to know each other. Right. We'll have uh, cornhole. We'll have uh, you know. Sometimes we do like a crab boil. Sometimes we've done crawfish in the past where we have a big thing um there'll be plenty of food plenty of drinking good time we got the big pool out back i got a lot of room in my yard um and uh yeah it's just about having a good time and um you know people bringing snakes into the place again who knows where those mites came from with you know biosecurity nowadays with the nido thing and Mm -hmm. you know all that kind of stuff um you know i I just i can't i don't know i can't I can't do it. it. It's it's not it's not worth it. So those are the rules. If you guys don't like the rules, you don't have to come. <laughs> like it's sorry, yeah. but um, and uh, will the whole point of Carpet Fest was just a way. It used to be back then. We're trying to put names to yes to to faces to 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 um you know uh, screen names that we knew online. It was trying to connect that way. So we can't do that if we're worried about an auction. We can't do that if Eric's buried deep in his snake room showing off the another IJ for the fifteenth freaking time. So we're shutting that all that stuff down. So this is what we're gonna do. It's just gonna be a barbecue for all of us at Eric's house and that's it. Yeah. So I might bring uh maybe I'll bring um uh 
you know, snakes outside or something like that. Kind of like what you the, put the freaking dachshunds in snake costumes and then people can chase them around. Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. So, yeah. Like the one year I brought the rough scale Python out of the snake room and right. yeah, this is your here snake play. Right. And then I didn't see him for the rest of the day. I think for, for, for newer people, right. Mm-hmm. That are, that are coming into the Morelia world. It's good to be able to sort of, uh, you know, it, like Owen said, put a na- name and a face and all that kind of stuff and sort of, you know, get to talk to people, pick their brain. Right. Sometimes there's things that people won't talk about on the internet that if you have them face to face and you're drinking a beer with them, uh, you know, they'll, they will. Um, but you know, it's just basically, it's just, it's just a get together and a barbecue right. of people with the same type of and thing. That's, so. And that's what we're getting back to. So yeah, August 12th, if you can't make it, I know there were some people who were like, but NARBC is the next weekend. We know it is. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are aware. We were told that we were yes. told not to do this weekend <laughs> because right. of Daytona. So we chose that weekend. Right. Um, uh, like I said, it's in Warminster, Pennsylvania. There are plenty of hotels in that area. Uh, and yeah, we'll definitely come out. And if you want to come out, we'll be happy to share certain reptile things that are in the area. If you want to go herping, we know some good spots. Um, yep. You want to go, there's obviously Philly Zoo. There's Reptiland out in Allentown. It's a little bit of a stretch, but it's out there. It's all reptile zoo. Um, so there is some good stuff around here. I believe Justin is coming. I the, believe the Nick is coming. Yep. Justin, I, Nick. I, yeah. I think Nick was talking. Maybe Ryan was considering it. I know. Um, I know I'll be there. Um, I can't escape. So um, there's that. Um, you got a lot of. Keith uh, McPeak will Keith probably McPeak make will an appearance. Matt. We could probably somehow get Rob Stone to come out, maybe. I think Rob's coming. Yeah. Cool. For sure. Yeah. 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 I don't think so, you would miss a carpet fest. Um, but, so here's my question. Is this yep. year 10? Because we, is this the 10th carpet fest since we took two years off? Or is this? We're two years behind, my man. No, uh, no, no. I know. Oh, but like, this, oh yeah. This is, this is year 10 because we, yeah. Okay. So Nipper. Nipper. Yes. Nipper. Uh, Nipper is probably going to be uh, making it. Nipper's trying to get me to fly down to Florida. Do some herping, come back up to Pennsylvania. <laughs> the week before Carpetfest, is he insane? Yes. <laughs> now uh, we're we're we were thinking about if we could do a run, uh, you know. Not no. And I'm like, no. I started to think about it, and I'm like, yeah, that's a little adventurous. <laughs> Tell him to come in. I got I got that week off in June. Tell him to come in and we'll do it then. Cause I know you guys are going to Utah in May, yeah, right? May. Yep. You guys are going to Utah in May. I couldn't float Pretty that. Pretty about that. Yeah, but I got that week off in June, so we should just go to Florida then. We're doing a hike Nipper. at night. I don't for know, specs, it's good knowing. It's good, good knowing you guys. Yeah, so uh, that's why I've been trying to train you up to get you yeah. ready to take over. <laughs> <laughs> As you walk off a mountain, yeah. yeah. Hey, Rob, just just make sure Rob's like you know we're gonna have supper and then we're gonna go on a hike. You're like thank you. You told me about the hike. You know yeah. now yeah. I will have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like it, yeah. 
yeah but yeah it's 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 a fun time it's it's always it's always been a, a huge hit and a huge success and uh you know if we're gonna do any kind of auction or something maybe we'll do it before no not, damn it no auction no, no auction. snake room uh, i'm already no animals no i didn't say the snake room is definitely a no it is but, just you know. a freaking barbecue that's it and if anybody cool. bitches i'm face slaps <laughs> Like the soup Nazi from the I'm side gonna, This is how <laughs> on the carpet. Listen, I will run this you ship the go. way I see fit, <laughs> and it will run efficiently. Damn it! Mm. <sighs> so yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. So I think we um, have to do a if shirt, you, though, right? What's that? We have to do a shirt, right? Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna design something. Yep, yeah. gonna work on that. I've already been. That's why I was asking you. Should it be? Uh, it should be ten. ten. Um, I mean, Nip, Nipper was trying ten, to ten. annual. Northeast Carpet tenth? Fest, the OG, the original. Yeah, I guess I guess it was the. I guess it is the tenth, right? Yep, because we had the one that was a figure eight, and then we had we the year started after in twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah, tenth. Yeah, so. yeah. We'll have to have a shirt and then all that other fun stuff. Okay. Um. So, for, as far as the book, the art of keeping snakes, I will have a link in the show notes, so you can just click on it. I think it's like. 15 bucks or something like that. Uh, so this one there. this one was $16. Yeah. Stamped here. That is not what I paid for it. So, <laughs> yeah, you can find them in a lot of places. And um all right, I want to give a shout out to Cold-Blooded Caffeine. Um uh what? Every no nothing. It's like this here's my coffee cup from this morning. <laughs> this was full of cold-blooded caffeine. Yeah. So they the, the guys were just on snakes and stogies and mm. um uh, we're going to have them come on to, you know, cause we want to space it out. I was about to, to get some dates together and then they were on snakes and stogies and it's always the, me and Justin go on the show. Then we have to wait before yeah, they come on here. Me and Trinity yeah. always joke about it because we're just like, Oh man, he had that guest. Now I have to wait. Cause I have to wait. You know? so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, check it out. Snakes and stogies that they, they had them on there. And, um, it was, uh, the after plague carpet fest. Yeah, well, Nipper made a shirt that he sent to me that said it was uh, he he drew a design that was the um, Carpet Fest, the lost year, because it had <laughs> the biosecurity like um, logo and a bunch of shit. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I wanted to make it into a shirt, but uh, which I still think we should. I still think we should and throw it on the freaking website. I should send sure. you the, the thing you sent me. Yeah, um, yeah 100%. Let's do it. Just because it's like, that would be great if as we're, it, yeah, I'm sorry. It's uh, Northeast Carpet Fest 2020, the lockdown year. <laughs> and it's, I, I'm, hold on, I'll send it to you right now. Um, but, share it. Yeah, of course we should, because I'm thinking we should put them both out at the same time. Oh, God. Hold on, I got to find it. Again, but yeah, he—I forgot he sent that to me, and I did want to put that in there. Did you send it? Yep, right now. Okay. As it goes around the globe four times, and then eventually over to your house. Yep. <laughs> that's awesome yep hold yep. on let me get it up there the lockdown year the lockdown year yep that's there it. you go that's the design nipper sent to me and i'm like that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that guy. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's got that biosecurity. I, I love it. We should like. I mean, could could we do it up a little bit better with like another like something that's obviously a carpet around it? But or we just really think the way so. it is. Yeah, I mean, either one. I'm I'm cool with it. But I think know. it has to be the way it is, man. I think it has to be the way <laughs> it is. So like it looks, but yeah, I think but... we should throw that onto the thing. So in case anybody's really pissed that we haven't had Carpet Fest the past two years, well, you can go get a shirt. So oh, I get what. Oh man, it's taking me a while. I'm sorry, I'm tired today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see what Robert's saying. The after the plague Carpet Fest, I get it. I'm like, what is that? Yeah, for, yeah, we can have it back again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, um. So okay, uh, well, it was cold blood caffeine. So they were yep. they were on um, snakes and stogies uh, talking about what they have going on and their the whole thing about what they do. But we have a NPR carpets and coffee blend. There's a whole bunch of different mm-hmm. ones. Like for instance, I just ordered. I think it's a Nicaraguan coffee that was processed, the honey process. Okay, um, I'm curious to see what that tastes like. Um, but anyway, in the show notes down below. Uh, there's a link you can uh, go over there and uh, buy some coffee and support those guys. They're big time into bridging the gap between the reptile world and um, and the world of coffee. Who doesn't love coffee? It's my, yeah. one of my favorite things in it's, the world. It's the only thing that keeps me alive now. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you have come back to the world of coffee, <laughs> my friend. I'm, we're happy to have you. When they told me I couldn't have it, it was the saddest day of my life. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what I would do. Yeah, not, not okay. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. Well. Yeah, we would love to have you out there, uh, Lisa. I think they usually have one out there on the West Coast, but they've been they used uh, to. But they're slacking. Slack. So, but here's you know. the thing: I don't mm-hmm. care what anybody says. I don't care what the size of the crowd is. I don't care how you know. You know, the Texas guys they like to 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 to, to pump it up and whatnot. The Florida, you know, that Southeast. They like to sit there and be like, "We're the best." I'm like, "Please, you've had no. four, okay? Shut your goddamn mouth." I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's, nah, there's nothing like a northeast carpet. <laughs> Talk a good game, but, and you have to have three Some pages full of rules, and then you yeah. know you've reached our level. Yeah, yeah, that we know. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, um, yeah, we're working on uh, a ton. I've been I've been working my ass off on trying to get carpet python content because there is no really good source of carpet python content on mm. youtube mm-hmm. and it's really like bothered me and like uh, my mission is to get that out there and make that happen so i've been video t- i got one coming out on the citrus tiger story i'm trying to do it to where it's like it's it's you know it's, it's something decent something something good but um because I know on the YouTube channel, we kind of have just all the podcasts coming yeah, up or a yeah. live stream. So we're looking yeah. for something else. But uh, so be stay tuned for that. Um, probably not until March because a couple of things got put on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of work. It is. I work like 60 hours a week. Yeah. You're going to you're, you're gonna have to retire from the grocery business so that we can, you can do podcasting full time. That's what I'm hoping, man, because I'm sick <laughs> and tired of dealing with the public, man. I really hate dealing with the public. They suck. They really do. They're <laughs> terrible. Serpentarium. That's all I keep saying. T- Serpentarium. Co- broke everybody's brain. It's just terrible, man. It's just terrible. So, um, <sighs> But, you know, what are you going to do? So if one day, hopefully, I'm closer to retirement than you are, so I can live I mean, life like yeah. Eagle and just you know, <laughs> just enjoy life and you know. Uh, but, uh, yep. 
but uh yeah so that's where we're at uh so stay tuned i'm revamping the whole website all kinds of carpet python stuff on there i've been working on that we're going to revamp the whole teespring store and whatnot with the yep. swag adding more designs we, we went through a bunch that look it just takes so much time really awesome but it just takes so much time if anybody yeah. has like, any ideas for ooh, should i share one I think yeah. somehow we're going to make this into maybe uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, Didn't we get in trouble for not having a carpet Python on the carpet fest logo or was that somebody else who'd kept doing that? Like everything was like a rough scale Python or a diamond or something. Oh, that was this. Yeah. The Southeast yeah. like this design. Yeah. Like that. That's cool. I do. So, We'll figure out some of the stuff with that. I mean, we're gonna yeah. we're trying to think of some things. If anybody has any ideas, or if they're really good at drawing and they want to help us out with uh, making some designs, please let us know, and we'll go from there. Yeah, or I should put that out there. If there's somebody that's interested in maybe getting their artwork out there or whatever, and wants to do a design for the uh, t-shirt mm-hmm. or the logo for, for Carpet, or Fest, Carpet Fest, let me know. Yeah. Let Owen know, and uh, maybe we can figure out something to work together. Um, extra work is what interns are for and it's almost like that one is really good at video editing why don't you make him do things I am really bad at delegating (laughs) fine I'll delegate it Lucas email Eric and he will give you things to do if he doesn't give you things to do email me and I'll find them yes Uh, I then delegate to you to delegate to him <laughs> the more I deal with people, the more I love my snakes. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, so yeah. true. Yeah. Um, so and you okay. try to sell the snakes, and then you want to go back to dealing with the normal people. But yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so um, <clears throat> extra work is what the intern. Yeah. Oh, I already read that. What the hell? You did. Yeah, it keeps going back to Tired. that one. Weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of in my brain. Like, why aren't these? Why are the intern doing things? Yes, yeah. Yes. Why I'm intern? Doing. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, okay. Anyway, that's us. MurrayPetherRadio.com. Check it out. See what we uh, have going on there and whatnot. And stay tuned for more updates and more content and more mm-hmm. Carpet Python uh, stuff. Uh, don't forget the uh, show. The link for that book is in the show notes. And if you have a suggestion for a book that you want us to talk about, uh, let us know. Uh, I think we should have Lisa and Justin on for the so many snakes so little time. I think I think so. I think that's going to have to happen. Doing, yeah. So, yep. Um, also, join the Patreon. We got Patreon streams that are just for you guys on the Patreon level. Also, you get access to certain new episodes and certain things that we're not going to release to you uh, to the general public. Um, right now, if you're on the Patreon, you do get to get Nick Mutton's extra episode where we dive into uh, Red Coastal. So that's almost that's, finished. That's almost there. So you yeah. sign up for the Patreon and you will get that. Um, and we are going to set up another monthly live stream, which is just us and the patrons. Uh, and that's all we have for you guys. So um, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night. Good night.